Welcome to the community where passion for life and healthy sexuality connect beautifully and easily. I'm your host, Amanda Ammons, and my goal in life is to help you thrive. And a huge part of that is your sex life. Your one life was meant to be amazing, sex included. You most likely haven't been shown this, but I'm here to tell you, you're beautifully and intricately made. Made for more, made for the best. However your journey brought you here, join me in a new conversation about one of the most amazing things ever created, intricate, passionate intercourse. Together, let's break the shame cycle. Let's learn how to please and be pleased. Let's fight fear, find freedom, and freaking have fun. Welcome to the Passion Connected Show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Passion Connected Podcast. I'm really excited about today. We are covering a topic that has not really been discussed yet. I am going to be talking about sexual addictions and porn and giving you four really, really practical tips to help align your sex life and deal with those struggles and with those addictions and with those problems. Now, if this is not you, then please keep listening because this episode would be super helpful for anyone who has a loved one or knows someone who might be dealing with sexual problems. Um, We're going to talk about support systems and what those people should look like and how they can best help. And if it is you, know you are not alone. You do not need to feel shame as you go through this episode. This is meant to be encouraging and help bring you hope because there is hope and there is so much goodness. Now, I am going to be using porn as the biggest example in this episode, but there is so much more when it comes to sexual addiction. If you were to go look up what sexual addiction is, on the internet or use maybe more reliable resources um, and do some research, you would find there are an innumerable number of definitions for sexual addiction because it is so wrapped up in what is right and what is wrong, what is healthy, what is not healthy. And then you have clinicians on the other side saying what is normal and what is not normal. And so there are a lot of different behaviors. There are a lot of different um, problems that can be part of a sexual addiction. And so I want to, for the purpose of this episode, keep it fairly broad because it could encompass so many things from sexual obsessions, even within marriage, um, sexual obsessions outside of marriage, risky behaviors, compulsive needs when it comes to sex, um, porn. It could be any number of things. So I want to keep it simple and keep it broad because I think it's more important that you be honest with yourself and figure out if there is something that you need to deal with um, and you can apply this as needed. And even if you don't feel like you necessarily have an addiction or feel like it is compulsive in an unhealthy way or whatever it is, even if you have little things in your life sexually that you're like, I just, that's just not how I want things to go down then these are going to be super, super, super helpful. So basically what I'm trying to say here is for the purpose of this episode, if you feel like you have a sexual addiction, treat it like one. If you feel like you have a problem, then that is probably a gut check for you to try to deal with said problem. Now, I'm not saying to go away with it like, oh, Amanda said, if I think I have a sexual addiction, I have a sexual addiction. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is that for the purpose of this podcast episode, 
I want it to be helpful for whoever needs it. And everyone can be at a different level. You might feel like you have a problem or have an addiction that someone else would be like, oh, that was like my baby step number one. Like that's not even addiction. Like this is addiction, which just kills growth in people. And that is not what we are here for. So you come away from this episode with whatever it is you need, with whatever steps you need to take. And I think a big part of growth and healing comes from taking ownership of your own self. So whatever it is that you feel about your sex life, if you feel like there's some sort of problem, keep listening. We're going to get into this and figure out some really helpful ways to navigate said problem. All right. So number one, get help, get a safe place. And this is no matter where you are in your journey, no matter what it is that you deal with, whether it is porn or it is in your relationship or it is just this general like obsession over sex or you feel like you have problems with sex and the way that you view it or the way that you think about it, you've got to have help. We were made to be in community, in friendship, in love. And depending on where you are at, and you'll have a gut check with this, if you feel like you have a sexual problem that is beyond your capabilities of dealing with. And the best way I think that I can put that is if you constantly feel levels of defeat or this general sense of I can't, I just can't do it, or I can't seem to stop, or I can't seem to figure it out, or I don't know why, you need help. This is not a mind over matter sort of thing. It is not just about willpower. It is about learning and educating and finding freedom. And to do that, oftentimes you need outside support. And I know that this can be one of the hardest things because when we have problems with sex, it is such a personal issue. It can feel so, so difficult because it is so ingrained in us that it is a part of our identity. So a lot of times we don't want to talk to people because we feel like, I am now defined as something that I don't want it to be defined as, or we haven't even maybe accepted it ourselves. So for example, for me, I dealt with porn most of high school. Now it was off and on, um, it depended on seasons and different things like that, which we'll get into on point number two, but, but I dealt with porn a lot. And the problem with that as a young Christian woman is that who wants to own up to that? And a lot of my friends didn't have that problem. I would try to talk to some people and I would find that it really wasn't a thing for them. They really didn't care or it really didn't entice them. And I don't know. I think some of them weren't being completely honest with me, but I also think that a lot of them were and they that's just not where they were at. They weren't dealing with that. They didn't have those sorts of struggles. And so I found myself not wanting to talk about it with anybody because it didn't it didn't vibe with who I was as a person declaring myself to be a Christian on one side of things and then struggling with this on the other or the fact that I was declaring that I was abstaining from sex and I wasn't going to have sex with anybody and then on the other side what am I doing I'm watching sex yeah that doesn't mesh so who wants to go and talk about that not me but it would have been so 
healthy. And the day that I started owning it was honestly the day that I stopped dealing with it. Actually, <laughs> it was the when I finally saw myself for what I was dealing with and I wasn't putting shame on myself. I wasn't like, oh, I'm this horrible person, but realizing that I was amongst an entire group of women who dealt with this too. I was not alone and I could share about it and I could find hope and I could find healing was when I was able to look at my identity and say, oh, that's not who I am. It almost seems, I don't know how to explain this fully, but like it's counterintuitive. Like I felt like if I if I finally owned up to and explained to someone fully what I was dealing with sexually, that it was going to become my identity. And instead, when I finally owned up to what I was dealing with, it it wasn't a part of my identity at all. And I was able to really see that this is not who I am. This is not who I was made to be. I don't accept this. I don't own this as myself. And so I would really encourage you to find a friend. And if it is a friend, then I would say make sure that it is someone who's not just going to be telling you like it is, who's not going to say you just need to try harder, who is not going to put this pressure on you, but someone who is going to be there and be a support to you. If you don't have someone like that, find a really good counselor because they are trained to do that. The number one thing that a counselor is trained to do is to listen without giving advice. We are not there to tell you how you should be handling all this. We are here to listen and help you walk yourself through it because that is more important. That is where the healing and the strength comes from. And so I really would encourage you to find any way that you can get a counselor, get help, find some sort of free online trial for a counselor, look at your health benefits because a lot of times people have a lot better health benefits and access to counselors than they actually think that they do. And trust me when I say that if you find a good counselor that is in line with your values and your views, you are going to come away from sessions with them feeling like you're empowered and ready to take the next steps. And it is going to help you with any sort of sexual problems you may be having. All right. Number two, journal. If you have a sexual problem that you do not want to have, journal, 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 journal. And I don't know how I can say that any faster. Journal, 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 journal. (laughs) You have got to journal. And I know that's not everybody's thing. So find whatever works best for you, whether that's just voice texting it out onto some sort of app or it's writing it down or it's typing it out on your computer. But you really need to journal because a lot of times you aren't really seeing it clearly. And that sounds funny because it's you, it's yourself. Surely you should be seeing it clearly But for me, I didn't realize that I had triggers and everybody has different triggers. I have talked to people who their triggers for sexual problems are anger or their triggers for sexual problems are finances or their trigger is stress or their trigger is conflict. And a lot of times that trigger is centered around feelings of aloneness or feelings of overwhelm and just wanting to find peace or find something that's going to make you happy because sex is pleasurable. It's enjoyable. And it's something that, oh, that's going to make me feel good when all of these things don't. So what journaling can do for you is it can help you figure out what those patterns are. 
for me, it was stress. It was stress and wanting to feel relaxed. And for my husband, it was feelings of alone. Whenever he really felt alone, it was like he struggled with lusting in a way that he didn't want to and with porn. And just a caveat to everyone, he is okay with me sharing that. For me, it was feelings of stress. Feelings of stress like I couldn't handle this and so I just needed a getaway. I just needed to feel pleasure. I just needed to relax. I just needed all of this world to go away. So whatever it is for you, if you journal things out, you're going to figure out what those triggers are and then you can navigate those triggers. I have actually had times back when I was still dealing with problems of porn and sexual addiction and all of that sort of stuff where I had figured out my patterns and I had figured out what might trigger me and I was actually able to catch myself and realize, okay, all right, here we go. You are stressed. This looks exactly like times where you have done things that you didn't want to do. You have the opportunity to stop yourself here before it spiraled down into something that I was in and I didn't feel like I could get out. I caught myself ahead of time and was able to say, what is a better way that I can navigate this stress? What is a better way that I can feel like I'm on top of life instead of doing something that I know that I'm going to regret or that I don't want to do? Plus, the bonus of journaling is you also just get to get all of those feelings out. You get to work it out. And some of the best ways to grow and overcome things in life is by just listening to yourself taking time to figure out who you are and what you want and journaling can really really do that okay friends this is the last week for you to sign up for this round of passionate beginnings doors are open and they will close on february 1st so if you have been thinking about it if you want to join in on this round i am not sure when it is going to open back up but if you are an engaged or newly married person who really just wants to have a solid foundation to their sex life who wants to understand how to have healthy intimacy who wants to learn to overcome problems and be prepared for the long haul of your sex life this is for you so i will have a link in the show notes if you want to go check that out please do and i would love to see you in there thanks so much for listening back to the episode All right. Number three, I feel like this one can probably be the hardest for some people, but I also feel like it is probably one of the most important. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for everything that you have done in the past. Forgive yourself for everything that you are currently doing and forgive yourself for everything that you are going to do in the future. And this is not speaking death over you that it is going to happen and it's inevitable, but just learning to have grace with yourself, learning to forgive yourself. And if you are a Christian, this is based in the fact that Christ forgave you and therefore you should hold nothing back, hold nothing back. Christ forgave you and all of your sin and all of the craziness. He knows, he knows who you are. And he's not withholding love and you should not withhold love and forgiveness from yourself. I came from a place where I felt like I just needed to work harder for everything. And I wouldn't necessarily say I was one of those people who had to felt like they had to earn forgiveness, but it was more just out of this anger that I could be forgiven. And yet I was still not who I wanted to be. And 
Surely, surely I should be able to put more effort in. Surely I should be able to do, do more. I should make myself be who I want to be sexually. I should force it. I should, 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 should. (laughs) I was shitting all over myself. I tried too hard and honestly created more stress instead of anticipating that sexuality could be something peaceful and loving and enjoyable and glorious and good. I was so wrapped up in the worry of who I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to do and not supposed to do. And I was focusing all of that instead of growing myself and learning what healthy sexuality was. I was learning all the things that I shouldn't do and just trying to make sure that I had enough willpower and strength to to stop myself and be strong. And unfortunately, I put all of that stuff on my husband too. Whenever he was having problems with sex, it was like I was telling him, you should just try harder. You should just do better. You should just tell yourself that you're just not going to do it and just don't do it. And frankly, that's not helpful for the majority of people on this earth. There are a very select few that are able to take their willpower and fully subject it to exactly what they think that they should be doing. Most people are not like that. Most people need support systems. There's a lot of things going on in life. And unless you have full, full attention and full power to completely dedicate that you have no family to deal with, no jobs to deal with, nothing else on your plate, that you are fully just in it to figure out the sexual addiction that you have, you're probably not going to be able to deal with it with that kind of willpower because you are spread thin. You have a lot going on. Now, Christ can give that willpower and he can help fuel you in your decisions and guide and protect, but you cannot just expect yourself to be perfect. You can't. I believe freedom is possible from sexual addiction because I have seen it and I have experienced it, but it it never came from not forgiving myself or for shaming myself or for making myself feel like I hadn't tried hard enough. And it never really got fixed from trying harder. Honestly, it came from learning my identity, forgiving myself, getting good support systems, figuring out my patterns and just getting healthy in life. So number three, forgive yourself. Number four, bibliotherapy. And by that, I mean just education. So when you go to counselors, depending on the topic, they will send you to different resources, uh, different books to read to help you with whatever it is that you're dealing with. And when it comes to addictions, bibliotherapy is a really, really big one because it gives you a chance to relate, to feel related to, and to learn. I guarantee there's a lot more to whatever addiction or whatever problem it is that you're dealing with than what you probably know. And knowledge can be power. It can give you the encouragement and the boost and the understanding that you need to get out of that hole and to get out of that problem. Educating yourself can help you fight what is ingrained. If you're a Christian, for you, that will be the Bible included, the Bible especially, the Bible specifically. (laughs) For me specifically, I've been going through the Bible Recap Project, and it is so, so good to just, even when it's not applicable to whatever problem it is that I'm dealing with, to just read scripture, 
put it in my mind, have that be the things that I am thinking about. So I will have a link to their podcast and all of their resources too, just for you guys to go check out and have some sort of support around you. But I encourage you to take time to learn. If you feel like you have a problem and you just keep dealing with that problem when it hits you instead of being proactive, you're going to keep having that problem. You have to process it, learn about it, educate yourself outside of the times where you feel like you're in despair or you feel like you're dealing with it or you're having difficulties. So go find resources or reach out to me and I can help point you towards resources, but find ways to learn and grow because you can learn and grow out of a sexual addiction. You can, you can find forgiveness, you can get help, you can figure out yourself and your problems and you can learn and educate yourself and it will be helpful. I really believe in you guys. I believe there is freedom. I believe there is hope. So if this is you, know that I have been there and I am there with you. And so many people in this world are also dealing with the same thing. And you have people that you can reach out to. You have a support system around you, at least in me. And that is all I have to cover for today. I cannot wait to talk to you guys next week. 